0: So as I read this verse in Ephesians chapter 1, you know, we come down to the working of the Holy Spirit. And He says this, verse 13, "...in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance." until the redemption of the purchased possession under the praise of His glory. You know, I, 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 I can just think about me and I can think, how could it be that I'm saved? How in the world could it be that I'm saved? And you know, as I look And I I feel like that maybe I have been misunderstood or maybe I didn't cover it in the right manner or maybe you mistook me or I didn't get it right. But you know, if you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. But this sealing, there is more than you having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There is a manifestation of you having the Spirit. And I'd like to look in the book of Acts, and I'd like for you to just see how that God is revealing this working. And you know, you may still, I mean, if you think I'm way out in left field, that's fine, tell me. Tell me what I'm wrong on. You know, I, I, I feel like, you know, well, uh, you, you, you've lost it, preacher. <laughs> well, maybe I have. But I ask you a few nights ago, have you not seen people that God manifested, God witnessed, God authenticated, God put His stamp, God put His authority on a testimony, on preaching, on a song, on a prayer, on a a repentance. You know, we don't see much of that, do we? Be honest. If you're saved, then you have the indwelling Spirit of God. But do you see much manifestation of it outwardly? Do you see much of God saying, that's my child? That's my son. That's my daughter. So, that's my thought. I'm not trying to run off and left field. I'm not trying to uh, come up with some new doctrine. I'm not trying to say, uh, make you think I've lost my mind. But I'd, I, I would say this. When God does His greatest work is when there's the greatest manifestation of His Spirit and power. And that it, that work is done through you and I. So let's look in the book of Acts, and you know I'll read a verse in uh, a very familiar verse in Luke twenty four forty nine. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now are they saved? Are they believers? Has Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit? By the Word of God, yes, that is true. But you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a greater manifestation. You think of this, folks. Look at the world we're living in. The world we're living in is becoming bolder and bolder and bolder and more and more resistant to Christianity. Are we not living in that world? In a world that hates Christianity, in a world that would love to get rid of the Bible, get rid of the church, get rid of the Ten Commandments, get rid of God, get rid of the preaching. What do we need? We need exactly what the church needed in Acts chapter number one when Jesus left this world. We need that same manifestation today to bring the world back into check as to who's in authority. I'm not in authority, but I say this, through the working of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life, the world can be brought back under subjection to the gospel, to the church. I don't mean that we can make the, the, the world subject to the church, but I say this, the world can have a respect for the church that seems to be lost today. And if you don't admit that and don't realize that, we got our head in the sand. So, you just think about this. This boldness. You know, we need this. But Jesus said, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye... Now listen. Sit still. Be silent. Until... You are endued with power from on high. So clothed with, vested with, and what power? What what does this power mean? It means an extraordinary, an extraordinary power, a miraculous power. Don't don't start without me. That's what he's saying. I believe they're believers. I believe there's 120 in the upper room that are believers. That Jesus breathed onto them. I don't know whether you could say or I could say that every one of them, I believe if they're believers and He breathed on them the Holy Spirit, but there's something greater. In your own lives, there's been times of greater power greater revelation, greater witness. It's true. You know it's the truth. (laughs) So, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. So Jesus says, verse 5, For John... Truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So that word baptize, as I look at that and uh, I read it over in the Acts when Peter's down at Cornelius' house, then he comes back to Jerusalem. Jesus says this, re, 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 going over the account that happened at Cornelius' house, Peter said, I remembered. I remembered that what the Lord said. The, the Lord said, John indeed baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That's what was going on at Cornelius' house. Now, is this baptism, is that just that a man's saved and he has the indwelling Spirit of God? Well, I, I would say this. That on the day of Pentecost, we see the beginning of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We see the beginning of the sealing with the Holy Spirit. We see God authenticating His church. We see God marking His church. We see God saying, these are My people. They have My authority. They spoke with authority. They preached with authority. They had the same Spirit, the same power that Jesus Christ had. But that was the first time. That's not the last time. That's not the end of times. That's not the only time. That's the first time. I believe we can see that plain as day. That was the first time. Well, it's never going to be like that again. Well, I'll tell you, it was like that at Cornelius's house. What happened at Cornelius' house, according to Peter himself, was exactly like what happened on the day of Pentecost. <laughs> I, you know, I think it's wonderful. I think it's absolutely wonderful That you and I, we ought to be, we should be, we should pray for, we should long for the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost to happen in my life individually. Your life individually and the church as a body collectively, we ought to desire that same manifestation of the working of God in this day that we live in. Really, you think about it, it's really not much different today than it was then in the opposition. You think about the opposition that they had. I mean, as I think about the opposition let let me just read some scripture i'm I'm going to get ahead of a text but we we've got the opposition folks we've got bold opposition we've got brazen opposition we've got opposition. I mean, all you have to do is make mention of Christ, make mention of Christianity, make mention of living right or having morality, and friend, they want to jump on you with both feet today and stomp the life out of you. Well, I'll tell you that the disciples and the apostles and these people in this day had that same type of opposition in the day that the Holy Spirit came down. I'll tell you, there was a group of people here that would have liked to have it out. But they could not resist the power. So in Acts chapter 2... The Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Would you say this? Now just think about that, that it filled all the house where they were sitting. You remember when Solomon dedicated the temple? What happened? I tell you, the glory of God run everybody out. (laughs) You know what's going to happen right here? Think about being baptized. Think about being immersed. Think about being dipped under. That's what the Word means. That's what Peter said. Jesus, I remember Jesus saying that John indeed baptized you with water, but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be dipped under you're going to be immersed into. So imagine this. Imagine that 120 people are in the house and the Holy Ghost fills the house. You think they were immersed? You think they were dipped under? You think the power of God clothed them? You think, ladies and gentlemen, that they were vested with the Holy Spirit of God? Praise God, they were vested. They were being baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you know something? They couldn't contain themselves. The Holy Spirit was so great, it drove them out of the house. Just like it drove Solomon and whoever else might have been down there at the dedication when the Holy Spirit and the glory of God filled the house, it drove them out. But I'll tell you what, it never left what was in their heart. It may have drove them out of the house, but thank God it didn't leave their heart. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were being authenticated by the Holy Spirit. They were given the authority of the Holy Spirit. They were going out... And they begin to preach the word of God. And I tell you, they were convincing. I don't believe Peter was the only one preaching. I mean, that's what we've got recorded. <laughs> but I I just I don't know. I mean, looks to me like they some other men that's been with him. Looks to me like in Luke he's telling the disciples you're going to go out into all the world, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the world, and you're going to preach repentance But wait a day or two. Wait till you're endued with power. I believe this day, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that whole group of apostles or disciples, however you want to call them, I believe that they were so filled and so overcome and so baptized and so filled up. I don't believe it It was just the house that was filled. Praise God. The heart was filled. The mind was filled. The body was captivated by the working of the Holy Spirit. God had overcome. Come them through the power of the Holy Ghost, and that was that was the first time. That should not be the last time. That shouldn't be the only time. So, verse number three, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire. What do you say? You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, right? cloven tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled. The word there means to overflow under the influence. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Now now listen. Listen to what the Bible says. Verse 5. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation. We're going to come down to about verse number nine, and we're going to read all over, all over the world they've come here. Pentecost, it's, a, a, it's an annual celebration. But isn't it amazing? All of these Galileans are going to have a message for the Medes, for the Persians, for the Cretes for those from all over the world, they're going to hear a message that they can understand. I tell you, this is the working of God to fit the situation at hand. Here he says this. There they were. They were from Pergia, Parthians, Mede, Elamites, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Galatia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Serene, Rome, ITU, Crete, Arabian. Thank God you know what the Holy Ghost can do? Uh, the Holy Ghost, when the power and the sealing and the overcoming and the baptism of the Holy Ghost... Overcomes. I tell you, God can send a message that a man can understand, and a man will get the message from God that fits him. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit is the interpreter. He, I realize Jesus is my mediator, but would you, would you entertain this thought? the Holy Ghost is also our mediator between us and our fellow man. Is He not? He's the mediator between us, you as a child of God, (coughs) me as a child of God. He's the mediator. I tell you, He's the one that can get the message across. Can you see, friends, can you see the working of the Holy Spirit? How that God... Just think, here on the day of Pentecost... Here is God, God Almighty, authenticating, God sealing, God honoring, God exalting. And you know what's going on? We go back to Ephesians. I tell you what it is it's to the glory of Him, it's to His glory, it's glory to the grace of God. So they're going to preach. And this whole multitude, I tell you, you talk about Peter nailing their hides to the wall. But you know something? He didn't leave them there. He nailed them to the wall to their guilt. He nailed them to the wall that they crucified the Son of God. But yet you and I know, and we read it in the Scripture, that it was the foreordination of God Almighty. A friend, on the on the vertical, God brought this to pass. On the horizontal, man desired and in his wickedness desired to kill the Son of God. And they were guilty of that. Though God, that was in the plan of God, uh, that Jesus would come, that did not excuse man from his wickedness. But I'll say this, in all of that, you know what Peter gave them? Our friend Peter gave them a hope that this Jesus that they'd crucified, I tell you friend, God raised Him from the dead. And you know what they said? Our friend, they were pricked in their heart. Why were they pricked in their heart? I tell you it was because of the working of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit was working in Peter and the rest of the disciples and the Holy Ghost was also working in the crowd. The Holy Spirit was working in the crowd. God's going to get glory out of these people that crucify the Son of God. Now you think about that. You talk about glory to grace. My, how, how much more glory could go to grace than the people that crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, for them to be saved. What about all around us today? The people that cuss and run down and, 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 and would like to bring to naught the church, but by the workings of the Holy Spirit through the church i tell you, that cusser, that one that they'd like to stomp the life out of, that one that has nothing good to say about the church, through the working of the Holy Spirit, that man, that woman, that family, I uh, could be brought into the Gospel, be brought to a place that uh, they had humbled down, their heart could be pricked, and they could say, what do I need to do to be saved? That's the working of the Holy Spirit. So... Let's go on over to uh, chapter number 3. So we know in chapter number 2, they were pricked in their heart. Peter said, said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if they're believers, Peter said you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. To do what with? I tell you, I appreciate what Brad said many be the time. God put an alarm system in us. Thank God for that. But there's more than an alarm system. I tell you, there's a praise system. There, there, there there's, there's an audio system in there. There is a Word that ought to come out of our heart under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, our friend, that you and I would be able to praise God, honor God, uh, divide and understand, and give the Word of God to those that are lost and undone through and by the indwelling Holy Spirit and the overcoming of the Holy Spirit. Do we need a manifestation of the Spirit and the power of God today? We certainly do. We certainly, certainly do. So uh, chapter number 3, Peter and John at the gate, you know that. They're going through the lame man at the gate, at the beautiful gate. What have they got? Well, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, (laughs) but such as I have, give I thee. He got up. Now, who do you think instigated this? The Holy Spirit instigated this. The Holy Spirit brought this about. Praise to His grace and praise to the glory of His grace. That, that, that's what all of this is about. This whole book of Acts is a praise to the glory of His grace and the working of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the disciples. So, the lame man's been healed, leaping, praising God Let's come over to chapter number 4. No, let's look at a verse in chapter number 3. I'm sorry. Chapter 3, verse 16. Peter's calling them on the carpet again. Verse 15. You killed, you desired a murderer granted to you. You denied the Holy One. You killed the Prince of Life whom God has raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. Verse 16. And His name, through faith in His name, hath made this man strong whom you see and know. (laughs) What's Peter doing? I tell you, Peter's glorifying the Lord Jesus, isn't he? They know this fellow. According to Acts chapter number 4 and verse number 21, This man was above 40 years old. This man, they knew him. And what's he doing? He's running and praising God. And Peter said, Peter said, and His name, who is, what is His name? Jesus. And His name through faith, listen to this, what a verse this is. And His name through faith in His name, have made this man strong, whom ye see and know, yea, the faith which is by him have given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. So would you look at this? There is faith in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and this man is given faith by the Lord Jesus Christ, that He would put His faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Read it with me if you missed it. Read it with me again. And His name... So here's Christ. Jesus Christ. Through faith. So Jesus is the object of faith. That's where I put my faith. I put my faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. He is the object of my faith. But he is also the author and the finisher of that faith. Read the rest of the verse with me. So I put faith in him. In his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know. (coughs) Yea, the faith which is by him. You see that? You see where the faith, this man, where did this faith come from? It come from the same one, the same place. Jesus gave him faith. The Holy Spirit is working in Peter. The Holy Spirit is working in the lame man. The lame man looks and is expecting to receive something. And he fastens his eyes on him. And Peter says, stand up and walk. Why in the world did this man make any attempt to stand up and walk? Was there something in Peter? Was there something in his voice? Was there something in some way that he said it? I tell you what, it was a faith to faith. It was God working in the Holy Spirit through Peter, and God was working in by the work of the Holy Spirit in the man. And the man believed. The man was given faith to believe on the name Jesus Christ by the author and the finisher of our faith, who is Jesus Christ. Now the working of the Holy Spirit's going on here. And listen. This is for the glory to the Son of God and glory to His grace. Go with me to chapter 4. So they're called on the carpet. Called on the carpet for healing this man. They're grieved, 4 and 2, because they've been preaching about Jesus being raised from the dead. 5,000 been saved. Verse number 4. I say this. Could 5,000 be saved with Peter and James and John? Not without the working of the Holy Spirit. There can be nobody saved today without the working of the Holy Spirit. But through the working of the Holy Spirit, through the church, through a Peter, through a Peter and James... Through a James and John, through a Paul, through a Barnabas, uh, through a Silas, through these men, the working of God is uh, uh, being carried out. And you know what it's all for? I tell you it's for the praise to His glory and praise to the glory of His grace. Chapter 4, verse number 13. Listen now. Now when they saw the boldness, Peter's, this is a stone. This is a stone that's you. You builders. You see it in verse 11? You builders. They were supposed to be the builders of the church, weren't they? But you know what they did? They set that stone aside. That stone's, that stone's not worth anything. That we're going to reject that. That doesn't fit into our doctrine, into our theology. That doesn't fit into our. It's really not doctrine and theology. I tell you what it is. It's man's reasoning. Man is so wound up in himself today that he rejects the revelation of God and to go with his own reasoning. What a world we're living in. You can read it off of the page and people reject it. You know why? That doesn't fit the way I think. I don't think God's that way. Let me tell you what you better start thinking. You better think again. You better repent and believe what God said and leave your reasoning alone. Paul ran into that same crowd. Oh, you think there, you think God's unjust? God forbid! Your reasoning is the problem. Your own thinking. Man thinks he, you know, it's amazing. Man thinks God is like him. God has to operate like man does. You know, I I listen to the Sunday school. I'm the clay. I'm not the potter. I'm the clay. I have no say. I have no will. I have no desire. I am an absolute lump of deadness. And God God, by the marvelous, wonderful, long-suffering grace of God, reached down and plucked me out, a friend, from a world, a whole world. I believe we forgot today that the whole world is bound for hell. I believe we forgot today that man does not deserve anything. I believe we forgot today what grace really means. Grace is fin. Grace, friend, doesn't mean I work for it. Grace doesn't mean I deserve it. Grace is the unmerited favor. I'm saved by grace. There's nobody that deserves anything but the wrath of God. Peter said you rejected Him. There is no salvation in any other name. And there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now here's the religious crowd. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So now you just think about this when they saw the boldness, that word there means a confidence. That word means unembarrassed to speak. Let's be honest, okay? How easy is it for you to talk to people about God and being saved? Is that pretty tough? Maybe you're a super spiritual person. I believe that everybody in here, that it's hard to do. But these men were so overcome, so filled with, so sealed with. And I'm not saying every moment of every day was like that. But right here, they're called on the carpet. you know what God does? God shows up in a great way. And they see the boldness. They see that Peter is not, unasha- no, Peter's not ashamed to speak. And I tell you, he's not ashamed to boldly speak about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not ashamed to tell them that you're the crowd that crucified the Lamb of God. He's not a bit ashamed. Why, how can he do that? I tell you how he can do that. He's overcome with the Holy Ghost. This is the working of the Holy Ghost. This is the sealing of the Spirit. This is God authenticating. This is God giving apostles authority. This is God saying, this is mine. This is God doing that. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived. So that word there, now now you think about that. They understood, they realized, they reasoned. They reasoned and they understood. They realized, perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. So that unlearned, it means unlettered, uneducated, ignorant men. In the Greek, it's the word idiot. Honestly, it is. It's the word idiot. And I don't mean that to be ugly, but another meaning of it is this. They're just ordinary men. They don't have any public place in society. They're not a magistrate. They're not a judge. They're not a lawyer. They've never studied the letters of the Word of God. They've never been to sit under Gamal. Uh, They've not been to school like Saul or Paul of uh, of Tarsus. They don't have any of that. You know what it is? I tell you, it absolutely amazes them uh, that these men are so bold. And you know, it's just unlikely. Isn't that the way God works? Doesn't God work in the unlikely? Doesn't God, when He comes by with His Holy Spirit, doesn't He always surprise you? <laughs> They're surprised. So, this Word of God. So He says, They perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. They were astonished. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You know, now you you think about this. They had been with Jesus. So what was Jesus like? They must have remembered Him. They marveled and perceived that they had been with Jesus. Jesus. You know, it'd be one thing to spend three and a half years with him, wouldn't it? But I tell you something, friend. They've been with Jesus today. They've been with Jesus in the last twenty-four hours. They have been with the Lord, and the Lord, I, I, I think like this: of uh, the Lord, they thought, well, well, now we crucified that fella. We got rid of that fella. But you know something? Here he is. I mean, you know, don't take me wrong, here's Peter and John, but the truth is, here's the Lord Jesus. Here He is risen from the dead. Here He is manifesting Himself. Here He is in authority. Here He is in power. Here He is in boldness. Did He ever back down to the Pharisees? How oh, Were they ever able to over- overrun Him? Could they trip Him up? No, they couldn't. I'll tell you what, these disciples are so overcome and filled up and baptized with the Holy Spirit, they look like... Little Jesus. They'd been with him. It'd be one thing if I was here and he was sitting here. But it ought to be a whole different story if he's living in the heart, shouldn't it? We ought to have a boldness that we did not have. Now, you think about them disciples. <coughs> think about this fellow. That is standing in the face of the people that can flog Him. And they're going to. Standing in the face. Some 50, I don't know how many. 50, 60, 100 days before. A little girl said you're one of them, aren't you? Ways to change, isn't there? Look at the change. Look at the change. Ignorant, unlearned. Isn't it amazing? Peter says, this is of the prophet Joel. This is what Joel, this is that. you, you talk about a change. The Holy Spirit has made a change in Peter. The Holy Spirit has made a change in John. The Holy Spirit has brought them from unlearned and ignorant and unlettered and little bitty nobodies. I tell you what, isn't it in amazing 2023, we're reading about a man that started out as a fisherman, our friend, and denied the Lord three times. Our friend, we're reading about a man that had the boldness to stand in the face of the Sanhedrin and all of the authorities and say, You crucified the Lamb of God, and God honored him. That's the working and that's the feeling and that's the sealing of the Holy Spirit. What a change. Look at the change. Ignorant, unlearned, cowards. Boy, it's not the case now, is it? What made the change? The indwelling and the overflowing and the feeling with and the baptized with the Holy Spirit. That made the difference. All the difference in the world. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Not without the Holy Spirit. We got a line against us, folks. We got a roaring line against us. We better have the Holy Spirit of God overcoming our lives that we are filled with, sealed with, uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit of God. You say, well, I've got the Spirit within me. I'm talking about having more. I'm talking about on the day of Pentecost was 120 believers. I'm talking about at least... At least 11 disciples that God, the Lord Jesus Christ, had breathed on them and they received the Spirit. I'm talking about more. We need to to think about more. We need to think about something greater. They marveled. (laughs) You know, they talk just like Him, they don't back down, they're just like Him. I thought about this verse today. Be ye wise as serpents and harmless as doves. God help us to have discernment. God help us to have compassion. The Lord Jesus had compassion. I tell you, He could be bold and He could be blunt. And He could have compassion too, couldn't He? We need the Holy Spirit to help us to separate those, don't we? We need the Holy Spirit to give us that direction. As, we, as you think about this, they were ignorant and unlearned, and they took knowledge of them, that they had been with the Lord. They must have communed with Him. They must have learned a thing or two from Him. I tell you what, I believe they learned more from the day of Pentecost to right here than they learned in three and a half years with Him. I don't mean that to be ugly, but I tell you, there was a working going on on the inside. There was a revelation. You know, these, these people are persuaded that these men have been with Jesus. Just think on that for a moment. The authorities were persuaded that these men, ignorant, unlearned, unlettered, unlikely. Unlikely that they could be causing such a stink. Unlikely that they could be 5,000 people that has been converted into Christianity and has left the law and what they've known all of their lives. Oh, but I tell you, it's not Peter and John. It's the working of the Holy Spirit in Peter and John. But they were persuaded. You know, we ought to think about this. What are people persuaded of about me? Do they know I've been with the Lord? Do they know I'm a child of God? Can they see a difference? Do I have an authority? And I don't mean that ugly. I I could just say it like this. Have I got authority over my own life? Have I got power over my own life? Do I have compassion? Do I look and I see what's around me and I see so much around me? You know, I believe Paul said in the Corinthians, he said, I knew Christ. I knew Christ before. I knew men in the flesh But no longer, oh God, you know, instead of just knowing Jesus as the disciples, our friend knowing Him in the flesh, they know Him now in the Spirit. You see that? You see how now they've got a greater revelation than when they were sitting beside Him? You see now how that God is revealing the the Scripture and pointing out Jesus Christ from what's going on on the inside? They'd been with him, and they were absolutely... And listen to what the next, the next verse said. What shall we do to these men? <laughs> For indeed, a notable miracle, <laughs> miracle has been done by them. Who got the credit? Now, the truth is, they put the credit to Peter and John, didn't they? They'd been with Jesus. Reckon they remembered Lazarus being raised from the dead. You know they wanted to kill him. The religious authorities wanted to kill Lazarus. Don't you reckon they want to kill these boys? Oh, they do. They want to kill them. A notable miracle has been done by them. Is manifest to all. (laughs) Wouldn't that be good? Wouldn't it be good if there could be a work done that everybody knew about it? And you know what we could say? Glory to God. Glory to God. It's so unlikely that a Peter and a John could do such a work. But it's not so unlikely that God could not take the ignorant and the unlearned and the unrecognized and work through them and do a miracle that brings glory to His name. Listen, listen, listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. This is for the glory of God. Chapter 1 verse 27. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. The base things, the low born, they were ignorant, unlearned, unlettered, just regular old fellas, didn't have a place in society. I mean, they're just nobodies. That's who God uses. That's who God likes to use. Oh, if he would have used uh, Gamal. Oh, what a man of wisdom! had got all the glory. If he had used Caiaphas, they'd have used the leaders in the church. They'd have got all the glory. I tell you what God's using. God's using the unlikely. God's using the n- unknown. God's using those with no nobility. God's using fishermen. God's using nobodies. God's using them that the world thinks there'll nothing become of them. I tell you if the Holy Ghost comes on the scene, God will get the glory. You know something? (laughs) They're not going to give. They're not going to give me and you any glory. It looks like they're going to credit this healing to Peter and John. But no, they ain't going to take it. It's Jesus. It's the working of the Holy Spirit. Base things of the world and those things that are despised. Are you despised today? I thought about some of you individually today. And how most likely that your family despises you because of your stand for the Word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. They despise you because of that. You know that's a shame, but that's the way it is. But let me just say this. You're exactly the kind of person God can use. Isn't that good? Isn't it good that though you are despised, Though you're thought little of, though you're run down, though. I, I believe it. I believe it right here. I believe it for myself. I believe that the preacher is took for dinner a lot of times. Not took out for dinner, had for dinner. But you know something? In my littleness and my ignorance and my unlearnedness, God can use some little ignorant, despised thing like me to help you, and He can use you to help your family. And he'll get all the glory. Right? That's what he's after. That's what he's really after. So he's gonna that that. And this is what the word of God says. Paul wrote it down. Despised has God chosen? Yea, and things that are not, things that are nobodies, things that are off scaring, to bring to naught things that are that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him, I could say this about me, of you, you know the reason you are because of Him. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who, 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 who's the Him? God. God. You know the reason you're saved? The work of God. The work of the Son. And the application of what Jesus did by the Holy Spirit to you. And I believe that we ought to pray and we ought to seek after the sealing, the baptism again. I'm not saying that you're not saved. If you're saved, then you have the indwelling Spirit of God. But would it be wonderful if we saw a manifestation of it? Wouldn't it be wonderful if we come down like on the day of Pentecost and all of these people were there and they said, are not all of these Galileans? What in the world is going on? Folks, that, that's not out of reason. That's not beyond reach. If you're saved, God's already done a work in you. That according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Read with me one more time. In the book of Acts. The book of Acts. One more time. I'm going to read in chapter 10 and 11. Very familiar scripture to you. Peter's on the rooftop. Going to pray before lunch. Cornelius has got a word from God. 11.5 Cornelius Now, send to Joppa and call for one Simon whose surname is Peter. He's sending his men. Go get Peter. What's he going to do? He's going to come and talk to you. He's going to come and preach to you. He's going to come and tell you all things that you need to do. We're here. We're here, Peter. We're here to hear what you've got to say. Peter's on the rooftop. You know the story. The sheets let down all manner of four-footed beasts, all manner of creeping things. And the Lord said, Isn't it amazing now? Peter recognizes the Lord. Rise up and eat. Kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. (laughs) He recognized the Lord. And the Lord says, Peter, rise up and eat. No, Lord. I'm not doing that. I know it's you, but I'm not doing that. Ain't that man? Is that man? That's man. Listen, Lord, you know I've been a Jew all of my life. I mean, I'm I'm 45 years old, Lord. I, I've never eaten anything unclean, never put anything like that in my mouth. I'm not doing that. He did it three times. I believe, I, I, you know, speculation. I believe Peter left there. Uh, The Word of God said, the Word of God said in verse number 20, when they come knocking on the door and ask for him, Arise, therefore, get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Who's working? I tell you, the Holy Ghost is working. God, God sent people from Cornelius' house up here to Peter's house. Peter's had a vision on the rooftop, and Peter said, I'm not eating anything unclean. Don't you call what I've cleaned unclean, Peter. I'm still not eating it, Lord. So he goes to Cornelius's house. This is what the Word of God says. So we come, they rehearse what happened, how it went four days ago. I was on the roof fasting the ninth hour I prayed. Uh, A man stood before me in bright clothing. Thy prayer is heard. Uh, Sent to Joppa. Called for one Simon Peter. and, And immediately, verse 33, I sent for thee and thou hast done well that thou art come. Now therefore we are all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. In my opinion, the Holy Ghost is working right here. Then Peter opened his mouth. You know what he's got? He's got something to say. I don't believe he even knows what he's going to say. And I don't mean that to be silly. But I believe God Almighty is revealing this on His feet. As He begins to speak, Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth. I perceive that God is no respecter of person. Well, I tell you what, just before that, He wasn't going to eat. Oh, no. What I've cleansed, Peter, don't you call that unclean. God is revealing by the working of the Holy Spirit. God is revealing unto Peter right now. Listen, Peter. God is no respecter of person. It don't matter a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't matter a Parthian or from Egypt. It doesn't matter black or white, red or yellow. It doesn't matter woman or man. It doesn't matter boy or girl. I, when I do the work, Peter, that's a finished work, and it's a good work. Peter starts preaching to him about Jesus. And this is what the Bible said. So He raised Him from the dead. This Christ rose from the dead, commanded us to preach, to testify, ordained of God, the judge of the quick and the dead. Verse 43, To Him gave all the prophets witness, and through His name, whosoever believeth in Him, in Him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, That word there means to press upon. That word means to embrace with affection. That word means to seize or to come over or to take possession of. What happened to Cornelius house and all of those people that were there. I tell you, the Holy Ghost fell on them. The Holy Ghost seized them. The Holy Ghost authenticated them. Uh, here's Peter and you know what? In his mind before he ever leaves here, he's already got it made up in his mind. I've got to get this story right because when I go back, the Jews up there at Jerusalem are going to jump on me for this. But you know what he's got? He's got the Holy Ghost. How can you deny the Holy Ghost? While Peter's preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on them, which heard the word. Now you think, here's God sealing, here's God baptizing, here's God authenticating, here's God marking. What's God marking? He's marking Gentiles. He's marking the unclean. He's marking people that Peter had never associated with. He's marking people that the Jews said they're dogs. They don't deserve anything. The Lord Jesus said, though I'm not giving my bread to the dogs. Isn't that what He said? I tell you, God is given the Holy Spirit. what the jews call the dogs as we in our mind look up and down the road we may look and we say there's a bunch of dogs i tell you that's the people that jesus can save and came to save i was one i tell you how unlikely that it was for me to be saved how unlikely I mean how unlikely, looking from my childhood to the day that I was saved, how unlikely for me to be saved. But look with me just another moment. Fell on all of them and they of the circumcision. What's this sealing for? I believe believe two or three things. So this authentication, this witness of the Holy Spirit, is to convince Peter. It's also to convince those other men that came with him. The same thing that happened to us on the day of Pentecost happened down here at a Gentile man's house. The exact same thing, Cornelius and his house have been authenticated as children of God and they've got an inheritance in the kingdom. So, Peter's convinced. The Gentiles are convinced. The Jews that came with Peter are convinced. I tell you, you talk about an authentication, a sealing, confirmation of God. God said, These are mine. Can Peter deny it? You know, he may have denied it on the rooftop, but he can't deny it now. The Holy Ghost won't allow Peter to deny it. I tell you folks, the Holy Spirit working in your life and in my life will bring people to a place that they can't deny it. Can you see why I'm dealing on this? Why I'm harping on this? Why I'm saying we need to pray for this? We need to seek after more of the manifestation of the Spirit and power of God in our lives. Not only in our lives, but on our lives. They were astonished. They couldn't believe it. They were amazed. As many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? I tell you, there's, there's a ceiling going on right here, folks. Now you just reason with me. With no sense ceiling, with no baptism, with no authentication from God. This may very well fell through the cracks. But isn't it wonderful that God lets us see the first fruits of the Gentiles. 2023, we're work, reading about the working of the Holy Spirit bringing in what the religious world would have rejected. Peter's going back to Jerusalem. These words, chapter 11, verse number 14. Verse 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them, as on us. What's He talking about? As on us at the beginning. What's He talking about? You're talking about Pentecost. That's exactly right, Vaughn. So what happened on Pentecost happened at Cornelius' house. What happened at Pentecost happened when Peter and John was called on the carpet, what happened at Pentecost can happen again. And I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God has given them the light gift as He did unto us who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I? Who was I? What what authority did I have that I could withstand God? That's what we need. And let me tell you this. This crowd running around today that thinks they've got more authority and they can shut people in and shut people out of the church, let me tell you, friend, you are standing against God. When God puts His Holy Spirit, uh, friend, and manifests it on somebody's life, I don't care what they've done. I don't care how many women, how many men, how many banks they've robbed, our friend, what they've done, how many murders they've committed. When the Holy Ghost authenticates a man, He says, that's mine. I bought and paid for that. Please, think about us having the manifestation of the Spirit of God in our lives that would authenticate us, show our authority, not, not that not authority in me, but Christ in you. God's mark on you. That people could not deny that God is in you. The Lord is moving you. The Lord is using you. Don't we need that? Now think, think, Look at all the obstacles they were up against. We are too. We are too. We need the great, miraculous, mighty power of God.